husband is laughing at me because apparently I have a voice, like an audio voice that I put on and <laughs> I don't realise I'm doing it and now I'm really conscious of it. So apparently though, it's not just when I'm talking to you lots, it's also when I'm reading stories and the like. So who <laughs> really knows what you're getting from me? It's going to be a muddle. We're just going to muddle through. It's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Hello, you're listening to the Joyful Brand Podcast, bringing you inspiration, ideas, and the tools you need to get clarity, confidence, and take ownership of your brand. If you are looking for ways to unmuddle your ideas, clarify what makes you brilliant, and communicate that with your audience, then you are in the right place. I'm on a mission to show thousands of individuals there's more than one way to build a business and to show that you can do it in a way that brings you joy, puts people above profit, pays you well and makes an impact. I'll be sharing interviews with brilliant business owners who are doing just that, plus solo episodes talking about branding, marketing and mindful productivity to help you in your journey to create a more joyful brand. One that feels good, does good, looks good, and pays good too. I'm your host, Amanda Apia-J, mum of two, brand unmuddler, and recovering perfectionist. So grab a cuppa or a notebook or listen on the go and let's get to it. Thank you so much for joining me for this first full episode of the Joyful Brand Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm going to talk about unmuddling ideas, taking ownership of your brand and the joy that comes with clarity. Now, I have this in my bio that I write up when I send it over, you know, when you need a bio for something, I have it on my website and it's a real key part of what I do. It's a, the core at the core of what I do. And I'm going to take you through the story of how I came up with this idea, why it's important and why I think it's important for you, why I think it's important for all of us as business owners to create a strong brand and how the idea of unmuddling your ideas, taking ownership of your brand gives you the joy of clarity. So when I first had this idea, it was my husband and I... um, my husband works in marketing. We uh, had gone, we'd been work. I'd been working on a few jobs and we'd been doing brand positioning statements and we'd been coming up with all these brilliant messaging and ideas for other clients. And I said, okay, we've really got to work mine out because I know there's something brilliant in here and it's just not coming out clear enough. And so we went and I, he was not happy with me. I dragged him all the way down to South London. We live in North London and booked out a meeting room and we took the day there was a whiteboard either side we took the day and we fleshed out a brand strategy for me and I've updated it a bit since then but I actually still use a lot of the things that we came up with in that session and one of the things that um, we came up with was this idea of I said I help people to unmuddle ideas I help people to make sense of them and then the end result what they were able to really get from unmuddling their ideas was the clarity to make decisions that were the right decisions for their business, for their, the type of brand that they wanted to create. And that's where this idea of ownership, taking ownership of your brand came from. 
And then the joy part, the joy of that clarity and having a joyful brand, that comes from that unmuddling all those ideas, getting it all out your head, it not being twisted and tangled in your head anymore. And instead it being out on paper, it being into a plan, having the clarity to make the decisions that are right for you and your business. And I like to think of the unmuddling part as the journey that you go on. The start of your journey is the unmuddling part. The physical like part that helps you make decisions is that then taking ownership of your brand enables you to have the brand that you're dreaming of. And the emotional effect is that joyous feeling. So so the first part of that is unmuddle ideas. And I'm not going to talk on this bit for very long because there is so much you could do here. I'm going to do some extra episodes on this to give it the time it deserves. But I'll just talk about a few different ways that you can get clarity and unmuddle your ideas. And when I first started talking about this idea and I call myself the brand unmuddler, um, at first I felt really silly to use a made up word, but I've been making up words since I was little and called like blankets munties. So it's been a long time in the process, <laughs> this word coming out of my head probably. And when I first started using it, I, I realized that people could connect with it because that muddled feeling is often what keeps you stuck. So some of the ways that you can start to get clarity and unmuzzle all those ideas and make them make sense is going to depend on one, it's going to depend on where you're at and it's going to depend on what you need to get clarity on, what you need to unmuddle. So if you need to unmuddle your product launch, that's going to be a totally different strategy than if you want to unmuddle your vision for the your business in the future. And so it depends on what you're trying to unmuddle and it also depends where you are in your business journey. So if you are right at the start, it's going to be totally different. You're going to be worrying about different things than if you um, have clients every month and you're now looking to scale, for example, that's going to be a really different thing. So the first thing you can do is to get really clear on what you actually want for your life. And it's so easy to get distracted by everything you see, but sitting down with some time by yourself and writing out what you envision for your future is a really powerful exercise. The second easy way to get clarity is to write a list of all the things you love and all the things you hate. And that sounds so simple, but I'm not talking about like your ex-boyfriend on that list. I'm talking about, I love doing this in my business and I hate doing that in my business. Or if you've not started your business, um, I love doing these things in my job and I hate doing these things in my job. And this is what I want to, you know, so that you can see what to focus on. The third way to get um, clarity is to just journal it out on your phone so like um with a voice note it doesn't have to be on your phone voice note it out whenever you have a moment whenever things are in your head one of the best things you can do is just get it all out and you could write this all down but I find leaving a voice note note so much easier because you can then come back and type up everything that you have been right that you have been recording so that's another really good way to start unmuddling those ideas like I say, I'm going to talk more about that later. So I'm going to move on to owning your brand next. So unmuddling your ideas allows you to start seeing things more clearly, right? It starts you seeing, okay, this is the way forward, I think. 
And then the ownership, taking ownership is like the end result. And it's not as linear as that. You can take ownership for different stuff along the way. And we're all always developing and learning, but you can start to take ownership of your brand when you decide to make decisions, when you hold it in your both hands and you run your business, not the other way around. So although the the way we came up with this idea was when we planned out my brand strategy, more recently, I've realized that one of the reasons that I love this idea of owning your brand, and I'm going to explain what I feel like that means in a minute. One of the reasons I love this idea of owning your brand is that in the in the online world, right, there's personal brands, not just online world, in business in general, there's personal brands and business brands. And of course, there's crossover. But as a general rule, you've got personal brands or business brands. And I've never really talked about myself as having a personal brand, although by all intents and purposes, I do. I've never really talked about that. And that's not something that's not part of the language I use. And I realized recently a couple of the reasons I do. So let me just give you a quick breakdown. So with a personal brand, you tend to craft it based on you usually. Um, And it's especially great if you want to become a speaker or writer one day and build your personal credibility. You can picture yourself as a multi-hyphenate career up on the stage, writing your books, selling courses, and you're really passionate about a topic. That's a really good fit for you. You'll usually spearhead the brand, be the face of the brand, and you might still have a team, but there's usually a clear person who heads it up you, my friend, and you usually build a personal brand out of a passion for the thing you are creating. And it's not usually the kind of thing that sells easily. Well, the thing sells easily. You can't um, usually sell a personal brand as easily as you could sell a business brand. So there's pluses and minuses, as with everything in life. A business brand is more than just one person usually, or sometimes it doesn't have to be at the start, but it's formed based on the audience, products, service or offer. And a brand is created around that with a brand name and focusing on what can be delivered to the end user. Business brands usually take a little bit more work to build because you don't have that instant rapport with connection with your customers. Um, We tend to hold business brands way more accountable than we do personal brands because we haven't got that personal person touch. And we often, they're the brands that we forget that there are real people behind the the names uh, that we see when we lodge our complaints. So business brands usually take more work to build, but they're also easier to sell. So entrepreneurs tend to build Uh, business brands to sell they might have a personal brand for themselves right so of course there are no hard lines and there is always crossover there are brilliant brands um, who do a little bit of both um, but I will get into how that works so I work with both personal brands and business brands and this concept of owning your brand really works with both. You can apply it to both of these. And I think somebody who, if I look at a big brand who I feel like totally owns their brand, like Ben and Jerry's stands out as the one for me. They speak their mind. They're not afraid to say what they mean. You know who runs it, but they're still a huge company with a brand name and, you know, and and a well-loved, recognizable brand. So what do I really mean? I know I've been speaking all this time and not got to it. 
what do I really mean when I say own your brand? So I'm going to take you through some of the things that this means to me and what it can mean to you. So the first thing on my list is that you get to show up as you. That does not mean you have to show all of you. Sometimes we get confused about that online. This is the problem when we uh, have a narrative of you can be your brand that we then think we have to show everything. We really don't. You That doesn't mean you're any less authentic if you don't show everything of yourself online. But what it does mean is that if there is something you do want to show, you don't have to be worried about that. You don't have to be worried about losing customers. You, I mean, you might lose some, but good riddance. Like you get to share anything you do want to share and you don't have to be worried about that. But just remember, you don't have to share everything. So you get to show up as you, exactly who you are. You get to be exactly who you want to be. And maybe you're not there yet. And although I really believe we've got, got everything we need inside of us, maybe you want to start doing something else and you get to be that when you start owning your brand. You get to have the clarity to make the decisions to head in the direction that you want to head. You get to talk about issues that you care about. How often have you been scared to talk about something? Maybe you're not at all, but this is one of the things that we often learn is like when we grow up, you don't talk about, um, in business, you don't talk about politics, right? You don't talk about politics. There's um, these topics or religion and there's certain things that we just think, oh, well, I wouldn't want to share that in case somebody's turned off or I upset somebody or whatever the case may be. But if something is important to you and you hold that back and you don't show up as your whole self in your business and you don't talk about those issues you care about, not only are you holding back on yourself, but you also then are not showing somebody who they might really want to work with because we want to work with people whose values align with us and who care about similar things that we care about. So you get to talk about the issues that you care about without worrying that, oh no, somebody's not going to like this. Some people won't like this. Some people won't like you showing up as yourself. Some people won't like you talking about the issues you care about. But the point with owning your brand is you've made the decision to go, that's okay. I'm going to lose some. And the ones who I really want, I'm going to attract those. Those absolutely brilliant clients, those dream clients who I would love to work with they're going to be attracted to me because I care enough to talk about those things. With this one as well, though, remember, it's not just about that. It's not about talking about them for the sake of it. It can't be a tactic, but it means that you can without worrying. Okay, next on my list, that was three things, by the way. You, The next thing on my list is that you get to fake it till you make it, as it were. Now, I don't want you to be a complete fraud here, obviously, but you you can fake it till you make it with something like confidence, for example. It doesn't work if you are, hey, I am going to fake it till I make it and I am, uh, I don't know, I'm a lawyer, but you have no qualifications. That's not going to work so much, right? Sometimes imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome is real. I really don't, like, don't, do believe imposter syndrome is real, but 
maybe it's like maybe you're feeling imposter syndrome if you're trying to do something that maybe quite isn't in your skill set yet and I think sometimes especially as women especially people in marginalized groups we downplay our skills so do take that into consideration but absolutely sometimes we have the skills we just don't have the confidence so faking it till you make it it's a perfectly valid thing as long as you're doing it ethically and you're not completely pretending like don't be taking photos on jets if you can't afford a jet you know what I mean that's fine you're not my audience I don't think you'd be listening I think the first episode would have turned you off so if you have to fake some confidence as you go that's cool you're still showing up as yourself and owning your brand you do not have to hide or pretend you don't have to pretend you're perfect you don't have to pretend you'll never make a mistake you get to be vulnerable with people take them along on your journey and make mistakes as you go you can take imperfect action you can do a podcast before you feel entirely ready and it not be quite up to the 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 editing levels you would like you get to be imperfect and take imperfect action You don't have to make everything perfect the first time. Trust me, I am saying this to myself, to myself right now. Next up, you get to work the hours that you want to. So granted, in the early days of running your business, you will have to probably put in more hours. And I don't think we want to remove ourselves so far away from hustle that we then end up thinking that business is easy because it's not like let's just not pretend. So you do have to put in the time, you have to put in the effort. But as your business grows, you can find more time, right? You can find more time as you go. And when I say you get to work the hours you want to, is that that means that if you are somebody, you're a night owl and you want to work until night like I do, and then wake up later, that doesn't work out so great for me with young children. But that works for you as well. You get to work the hours you want to. And I was home educated when I was younger and I used to stay up. Like there were some days my mum, she was so great. She used to let us, well, not us maybe. She used to let me stay up and do my work um, for the next day if I really wanted to, every now and then. And I would stay up to like 3 a.m. to get all my work done for the next day so that I could have the next day off. And I realized that I do that now. Like, how amazing is that? That I get to work the hours that I want to. Now, granted that if you run a business that you need to be there between certain hours, that's not going to work out so well for you. But you still do get to make choices about where and how you spend your time. If you want to take a morning off, you can work that out as well. So that's one of the great things about working for yourself in general but also about owning your brand, you can make sure that you put boundaries in place that guard your time, that make it clear to your clients, your customers when you're available. And if you are not going to be available when you need to be, maybe you get support in that covers you for the time when you want to be doing something else. Next thing is that you get to have an unpopular opinion and run with it. Like maybe you... Okay, I think consistency is overrated, but I'm I'm trying to fully <laughs> form my thoughts on that before I talk too much on that. Um, but you get to have an unpopular opinion. You get to share a point of view that maybe 
not everybody's going to like and that's okay because you know that the people who agree with you are going to come on board with what you're talking about. So you get to, again, you're showing up as you, right? You get to choose how you show up and say things that maybe other people in your industry aren't saying. Maybe you get to say things that you're like, hey, I've seen that this is a problem or I want to do this thing different. You get to share that. I mean, don't be like horrible, obviously, but you get to do that. Okay, next up, I love this one. You get to choose where and how you show up. I think there's a lot of pressure right now to be everywhere all the time, or at least on social media a lot. And I don't know about you, but I personally find things like Instagram reels and Instagram TV and Instagram guides and all of the things can become overwhelming. And when you decide to make decisions based on clarity, right, and muddling, what do I really want? Let me make the decisions that work for me, that work for my audience, that are where they are. You get to choose where and how you show up. So maybe you don't want to be on social media all that much. And there are plenty of ways to run a business that is not mainly on social media. And I'm going to do a whole other podcast on that because there are just so many different ways to do it. It also means that you get to show up in the best way that you want to. That means you can choose when. Granted, you need to make sure that your audience, that that's going to be useful for them. Because if you're going to be live when your audience are never around, that's not going to work out so well. But you do get to choose. You get to have a look at what your audience need that match that with what you want to do and work out what is best there and this is where that idea of it's like choice you make a choice whether you make a choice one way or you don't make a choice and something else happens you've still kind of made a choice right so if you choose actually I don't want to show up all the time you might not be as visible you might not get any sales that's a choice you make that's a perfectly valid choice you have chosen either way and you just have to be okay with what's going to happen if you choose a certain way but you get to choose where and how you show up and I love that one so much you get to decide for yourself and trust your intuition so everyone who's saying to you no don't come off social media you get to look around and find proof that it can work for yourself you get to really tune into what you want and trust your intuition that you can make something work and also know worst case scenario it doesn't work like follow that thought through I don't know about you but I'm great at catastrophizing I'll just go right to the end degree right the worst that can happen here is um, nobody sees me I don't sell anything I can't get my client work done I lose my business everything goes wrong and I have to start again when I follow that through (laughs) I know, seriously, when I follow that through to its end conclusion, it's really not as scary as you think. I went off on a tangent there. Next up is that you get to work in a way that puts people over profit. Because when you are showing up and really taking ownership of your brand and getting to um, really own, like, this is what I'm amazing at. We're going to come to that. When you get to really own, this is what I'm great at. This is the results that I deliver. Then you are going to be able to charge more money because you will have that brand presence. People will know exactly what you do. They'll see you as the expert and you will be able to pay people what they should be paid. You will get to work in a way that doesn't just repeat systems. 
And so that's the next point is that you get to do things in a way that benefit women and marginalized identities, not just repeat systems of oppression again and slap a new label on it. So you get to choose to show up again in the ways that you want to. You get to make the change that you want to see in the world. And that's really, really powerful. You also get to lean into your strengths. So I don't know if you've taken a skills test. It's not a skills test. (laughs) I don't know if you've taken a strengths test uh, through Gallup, but it's really, really good. It's called Clifton Strengths, and it shows you, it basically orders out of 34 strengths, which are your top strengths. My bottom ones are all operating strengths. So I hired somebody who does that for me now, who does, who basically helps me get stuff done. She's amazing. And you can work in your strengths. You can say, this is what I'm great at. I'm going to own that. And that other stuff, you have to feel no shame. You can make, maybe you'll finally realize that's why I wasn't getting stuff done, or that's why I've struggled to build relationships or whatever it is that you have struggled with. You will realize if you do a strengths test and there are other assessments you can do, disc assessments that you are not, it's not a you thing, right? It's just that you have a set of strengths and that's unique to you. You get to totally own that. You get to try new things and do it in the way that you want to do it, not in the way that everybody else does it. Now, that links in with that trust in yourself and that intuition. And we're often looking for somebody to be the leader, but you can go ahead and package something up differently in a way that you've not seen before and get a great result if you work towards it, if you put your time and attention to that thing and you really like do your research, all of this is not just based on woo. It's not just based on, hey, I'm going to just believe what I believe and then that's it. You're going to look at what do my audience really need? Research, what are they wanting from me? And often when we are unclear, it's because we've not really tapped into what our audience needs, but we can still check what they need and find the way to give it to them in a way that nobody else is yet or that maybe not everyone's doing. If everyone's doing four-week courses, maybe your audience are looking for something different. You get to earn the money that you want to earn. This is really exciting to me because we are often told that Let me rephrase that. We're not often told, but I think we're often fed the message that if you want to have a successful brand, that doesn't mean that you're going to get a lot of time or that if you want to have a brand that feels really good, then you're not going to make that much money. And I just don't believe that to be true. And I think we're seeing that breakdown a lot, lot more now. We there's tons of examples in my life who I see of incredible people who are managing to make that work. But I definitely didn't see that growing up. I don't know about you. I very much was tied into that capitalist idea. We're all conditioned into the system that the more you work, the more you earn. And with this idea of taking ownership of your brand, you get to earn the money you want, whether that be 20 grand a year or whether it be seven figures. Like, I don't feel like there should be any shame attached to how much money you want to earn. If you want to earn, uh, you want to stay, you you want to be a freelancer and you want to exchange your time for money and you want to get paid well for it, I will always encourage you to push yourself and ask for more money. But you get to earn the money that you want to earn. You get to work with dream clients only or you get to charge how much you want to charge to your dream customer only. You don't have to worry about 
those people who you've turned off with all of those steps above because those aren't steps, they're results. With all of those things above, you don't have to worry about that because you're going to attract those dream clients to you by showing up as your whole self and owning your brand. And you get to take ownership of that. You get to take ownership of yourself, of your mistakes, of your business. You get to work with dream clients and you don't have to just choose any work that's in front of you because you can establish yourself as the expert. You get to charge the prices that you want to charge because you're putting in the effort to make sure that you are delivering the value and you are delivering what that client needs. You're delivering the transformation or if you're a product business, you are giving the level of service, of customer care, the level of quality in that product that your customer desires. And so when you do that, you can attract those dream clients who you want to work with. You don't have to worry about the fact that you've shared this stuff. You don't have to worry that you're showing up as yourself. As long as you take ownership of your mistakes along the way, as long as you do it with integrity, with transparency, honesty, then you get to work with your dream clients. You get to earn the money you want to earn share and live your values. You get to take ownership of yourself, your mistakes, your business. And you get to be your own unique, silly, frank, funny, soppy, random, wacky, whatever that is, delete is appropriate. You get to be that for yourself. You get to be your own self in your business. And that is what I mean when I say own your brand. And to me, that sounds really good. I don't know about you, but that feels really good because that I can do because that I know how to do because I know how to be myself. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, you're like, hey, what am I even about? And you can work all that stuff out. Like, that's fine. But then when you have worked that out, it's so much easier to show up as you and take ownership of your brand in that way. And even if you have a brand name, if you have a brand, a company, um, a, a business brand, not a personal brand, you can still show up as yourself. You can still be exactly who you want to be. You can still talk about issues you care about. You still can work things into your business that gets you to work the hours you want to. Like I was saying, it's always a choice. If you work 10 hours, you might not get the same results as if you work 30. You might if you do things cleverly. But you still get to do all these things if you're a business brand or a personal brand. And although we do tend to hold business brands more accountable, even as a business brand, you still get to be vulnerable, make mistakes, take imperfect action. As long as you do that with integrity and you take ownership, this is a really key part of it is taking ownership when we do make mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes from time to time. So as long as we work to then fix that, but then you don't lose your customer's trust because trust is so, so important. Now, granted, you couldn't just make loads of mistakes. At some point, they're going to be like, no, I don't want to work with you or no, I don't like your product anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that we we don't want to be held back all the time because we're worried something isn't perfect. So you still get to do all of those things if you have a business brand as well. So that's what I mean when I talk about owning your brand. It sounds and feels really good to me and I hope it does to you too all of those things help you create a brand that feels joyful that does good that looks good that pays good too and I don't feel like we have to compromise 
a joyful brand, a business that is fulfilling, that clarity is so joyful. And you know that feeling when you get a weight off your mind and you can see that path ahead, that unmuddling your your ideas and taking ownership of your brand enables you to do that, enables you to make decisions and decisions are joyful. Can you tell that joyfulness is one of my brand values? (laughs) I think I might have woven it in there a fair bit today. Now, don't worry, I'm not pretending that I'm the first person to come up with the idea, (laughs) the ideas that I've given here that you, if you show up as yourself, business is easier. Of course, that's not the case. There are loads of people talking like this, and I'm so glad to have so many examples of people showing up and doing what I consider to be owning their brand. But I do have a bit of a framework that I've pulled together Uh, for transparency this makes up the course that is in the joyful brand club which you can learn more about on the show notes page or head to the joyfulbrandclub.com and this eight parts this eight part framework formula pie whatever you want to call it it helps you to create that brand that feels good does good looks good and pays good too and I think these are the eight essentials that you need that we all need in our business that we need to take ownership of our brand. And so I'm going to tell you what those are now. These things don't necessarily have to be done in order, but there is an order that makes sense. And some of them do link in to the next one. And you'll see the order as we go through. So I wanted to share these with you because you can take these and uh, apply them in your business. Now you can think, which ones have I got checked off? Um, And also the Joyful Brand Club, uh, we do have the course which covers all of these. So if you want to take ownership of your brand, then this is where you need to be. So the first one is organize your thoughts. And the reason that's first is that I think it's so hard sometimes to actually get clear on what we want. And it's hard to get clear on what we want, like for us, not just because we heard that so-and-so was doing this and, oh, I want this and I want that. Like, what do you really want? So within organizing your thoughts is getting systems in place to be able to maintain momentum, to find time in your day, to do the things that actually matter to work in your business, to work on your business, not just in it. But organizing your thoughts also means let me get clear on what I really want. What is my vision for my life and for my business. And you don't have to have it all worked out, but you do have to have something of an idea because if we just go into something not really entirely having any idea of what we might want, we often end up creating businesses that don't really serve us in the long term. And then you end up realizing, oh, why am I doing this thing I hate? (laughs) And I don't want that for you, okay, friend? I don't want that for you. So number one, organize your thoughts. Number two is about uncovering your magic so it's about getting really clear on what you are amazing at and that's like your personality your skills your experience what people say about you your unique lens your unique values and your experience of the world and you have something that makes you unique you have more than one thing that makes you unique that is really hard to say together um and sometimes we just have to do a bit of digging to get really clear on it. So number two is uncover your magic. Now, number three though, is find your fans because 
the only thing is that sometimes what happens is we're like I really want to do this I'm amazing at this and then turns out oh there isn't really a market for that or I'm not explaining it in a way that makes sense to them or that's not what that audience who I've been thinking of in my head that's not really what they need so number three is about getting to really know your audience find your fans sometimes that's finding these people who need your skills and sometimes it's about finding a group of people and then saying how do my skills apply here those two things kind of blend because I don't want you doing things that you're not great at or that you don't love doing um but we also need the market right that there's very few things that I feel like we can't that need to be um that we have to have in business one of those things is that we have to have the people who will buy it so number three getting to know your audience is really really important number four is elevate your offers oh I I haven't haven't added the the bits in so one and two is that bit that helps you feel good right organize your thoughts uncover your magic that that bit helps you feel good now we're going on to does good. So what does good is finding your fans because you're going to do good for them. You're going to have an impact on them. You're going to have a transformation on them. You're also going to do good with the offers that you offer them. So elevate your offers. This is about finding the things that your audience really want to buy because sometimes we have the audience there, we have ourselves, (laughs) but then actually finding things our audience want to spend their money on can be really tricky. So Elevating your offers is about really working out how can I make this the best experience for them and how can I make sure that I sell it to them in a way that they are like, oh my goodness, gimme, gimme, gimme. And so that bit's really important as well. Number four, elevate your offers. Number five, master your message. Number five is taking two, three, four and working out the mess overarching messaging for your brand, but then also the individual messaging that you might need for each of those offers, right? And it it becomes really um it can be really tricky. Like say so if you have two audiences, it can like even if they're subtly different, you can think, how can I position this in a way that everybody understands? So master your message is really about bringing together all of these things you're good at, your audience, what you're offering them. And bringing it together in a succinct message, your brand positioning. And those things there, like two, three, four, five, they start to form your brand strategy. So I had another course, Illuminate, and that one is um, that one was about helping you to find your thing and to create a brand strategy for your business. And those do those two, three, four, five uncover your magic, find your fans, elevate your offers and master your message. Those ones start to form your brand strategy. Well, those are your brand strategy that you can create from this. So that is taking us on to pays good. So master your message helps to pay good because you are using the right words to help your audience realize this person is for me. This is the offer for me. I want to sign up. Take my money. Number six, maximize your content. So that also falls under pays good because maximizing your content means that you are going to get visible. People cannot give you their money if they don't know that you are there. And often I made an analogy to somebody today, so I'm going to share it with you. With visibility, I think sometimes it's like, now, excuse me if you do not have children, but I will use this example. So when you have a newborn their their cries seem so loud and they'll be screeching and crying and it feels really loud if you're out in public and you're like oh no my baby's been so loud 
But then when you have an older child who's like two and you've heard two-year-old screams, the newborn baby sounds so quiet (laughs) and you're like, oh, they're so cute. So with that in mind, I think it's similar when it comes to visibility. I know I've gone a little bit off piece here, but, but bear with me for one minute. It's a little bit the same with visibility. We think we're being really loud, but our audience can barely hear us. That's something to bear in mind. So maximize your content is about creating a a way to manage your content to get the most out of it, right? So that you're not constantly having to create content, but so that you have clear content buckets, you have a clear plan, you know which channels you're going to use, and you make the most of it so that you can get in front of people regularly, not just every now and then, not just in one place, not just, it might be in one place if you do that really well, but not just in, you know, showing up once a day and hoping that's enough you've got to maximize your content to get in front of them all the time and that's going to help to pay you good finally it looks good and like I say these don't all perfectly fall in order because that looking good bit could come at different points throughout here but the looking good segment is about number seven upgrading your visuals so this is where you take the information you've done to uncover what makes you great finding your fans, mastering your message, and you either yourself, so DIY option of creating some branding for yourself, which we cover in the Joyful Brand Club, actually. So it's either upgrading your visuals by creating branding yourself that that does the job, or it's about working out when's the right time to invest in an expert. So you want to upgrade your visuals across the board. And the reason this is number seven is that this should not be your primary focus. Often we focus on our logo and our visual look, but that's really like only the bit of the iceberg that pokes out the top of the water that people can see. All this other stuff underneath is the real foundational core stuff. And then number eight is work your website. So if you don't have a website, this could be your lead pages or whatever but this links into then organizing your thoughts because working your website should also be a productivity tool I talk about websites being a productivity tool because we can add all sorts of information there that helps people to make a decision really quickly that helps to streamline our processes too gives us time back and it gives us the confidence so if you can send somebody to your website and you are happy with it if you love your website and you can be like yeah see my website here it is it not only is helps you to be productive because you've taken time out um, explaining something to somebody because it's all on your website but it also is a really great confidence booster so feels good does good pays good looks good these all kind of flow into each other but then have their eat their little segments separately so that is the eight essentials that you need to unmuddle your ideas and take ownership of your brand If you are interested in that, the cause for that is included in the Joyful Brand Club. The Joyful Brand Club is made up of this epic course uh, plus 12 months of support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please do review or share on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it. I'd love to see what you're listening to and learn what your biggest takeaways are. I have a freebie for you. So if you would like to uh, get a brand values list so that you can start making some choices on your brand or personal values and you would like an easy to use list with my tips for choosing your values, then go on to the show notes or head to my website, amandrapiaj.com forward slash podcast and find this episode with the notes in it to get your free copy. And 
Have an amazing day. Ha, ha, ha.